Welcome to Midnight Conversations. My name is Stephen Banos. And I'm Anandan Ambikaraja. Are you happy to be here, Anandan? Not only that, I'm interested that you started singing the intro of it. Is this is this a regular occurrence we're going to see in the podcast? We're going to have you singing? Like Did the, I? Oh, you're like, Midnight Conversations. I didn't do that. Oh, well, I had, you a, bit, had a bit of a tune to it. I thought it was, I thought it was well, enjoyable. You can sing it now. Yeah, well, uh, maybe we next week. We could do it, Joe. Next week, yeah, we we'll work on it. We'll, we'll, we'll work on it. It'll come together. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, everyone, welcome to Midnight Conversations. Mm-hmm. Today we're here to uh, talk about a really interesting study. If you've ever been to prison, this will be a relevant study to you, Stephen. I know for you, you've had your brush with the law uh, from time <laughs> to time. So, uh, could Excuse be. Excuse me, Adidon. How dare you defame me? I just said I brush with the law that. because you were studying to be a lawyer. What, oh, I mean, here is, I am. <laughs> Misinterpreting you as that's usual. That's it. That's it. It's always about understanding the evidence. But uh, <laughs> we do need to thank CPAS. Yes. CPAS being the Center of Public Awareness of Science. Because last mm-hmm. episode on the podcast, I was telling Steve, we said CPAS, but we didn't actually say what it stood for. And I know a lot of your listeners are like, what is CPAS? Yeah. And it, there was outrage. People, Did you get complaints? Oh, people yeah. were knocking on my door at 2 a.m. Dude, what was CPAS? What no, was that, that all that, about? Like, that was, was me. I was hungry. Yeah, I know. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking today about the Philip Zimbardo experiment. He's mm-hmm. most famous. Yep. Being the Stanford prison experiment. May ring a bell for anyone mm. who's done like intro to psychology, like first year psychology type course. It's a very typical sort of type of sociology type experiment that they mm. go through. But Stephen, do you want to tell the listeners at home, mm. what was the Stanford prison experiment all about? Well, what they did in this one, and I'll, I'll let you really elaborate, but mm-hmm. basically they assigned uh, guards and they assigned prisoners in, it was I think it was the basement of the of the university, was That's it? That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in kind of a simulated prison. Mm. And they just wanted to uh, see how they interacted. That's right. And it was probably... I'll, I'll let you actually take it from a I scientific mean, perspective here. Yeah, I mean, the people they were assigning as, as guards and prisoners were students of, they're from Stanford University, and uh, they these were students who were just interested in being part of the study. I'm not sure if they were um, given money. I think they were rewarded. It was, yeah, yeah? $15 a day they were paid. Man, awesome. Mm. That's, uh, yeah, that's pretty good income mm-hmm. uh, back in 1971. I think you'd be pretty happy with that. Uh, Still that today thing. for some people. You're well, a student uh, at it, isn't I agree. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Come on. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Although the outcome of this study would make you think that you'd need to be paid a little bit more than fifteen dollars. <laughs> uh, what so, yeah. happened, uh, as Stephen said, some of the students were assigned to be prisoners, and others were assigned to be guards. And the the whole point of the study was to just sort of see uh, Zim- Philip Zimbardo. His focus was like, what's the power of roles and rules and group identity and situational validation of behavior? So essentially, what do people do when you assign them different roles and responsibilities, such as teacher, student, uh, police officer, civilian? In this c- case, it was prisoner and prison guard. Um, and the Zimbardo was said, you know, I've been conducting research for some years on de-individualization, vandalism, and dehumanization that illustrated the e- with which ordinary people could be led to engage in antisocial acts by putting them in situations where they felt anonymous or they could perceive uh, of others in ways that made them feel less human or as enemies, as subjects, as objects. And so all these things Zimbardo was really interested. Could he manufacture a situation in which 
people didn't feel human. They could do disgusting things. And so what mm. he did was he did an experiment where he himself took part of the experiment and he played the role of prisoner uh, as the superintendent of the prisoners um, who could mediate disputes between guards and prisoners. He instructed guards to find ways to dominate the prisoners, but not with physical violence, but with other tactics such as sleep deprivation, punishment, solitary confinement. And then later in the experiment, as some guards became more aggressive, taking away prisoners' beds so that they could had to sleep on the floor and forcing them to use buckets in their cells as toilets and then refusing permissions to empty the buckets, neither the other guards nor Zimbardo himself um, intervened. And so the prisoners were like, all right, well, this must mean that things are okay. Like mm. if I'm, I must be playing my role, the superintendent is agreeing, I must be doing my, th my thing right. And so knowing their actions were observed but not rebuked or you know stopped uh, guards uh, considered that they had implicit approval for such actions and so it went on and this was this Stephen do you know how long this experiment was meant to go for uh, I, don't, I don't know how I, long it was meant to go was I think it was like two weeks, weeks or yeah, a few weeks, weeks and it was stopped within I think a few five days five days five days, it made five it. days. and the reason for that is by the end of the experiments the guards had won complete control over all the prisoners and were using their authority to the greatest extent. So one prisoner had even gone so far as to go into a hunger strike. I mean, seven days. I mean, not to minimize hunger strikes, but like, you know, <laughs> Gandhi did a bit more than seven days. But oh, I mean, we can't compare. No, 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 no. It was, it was pretty horrific conditions. I mean, mm. he, he refused to eat and the guards put him into solitary confinement for three hours, even though their own rule stated the limit that prisoners could be in solitary confinement was only for an hour. So instead of other prisoners looking at this inmate as a hero and following along in his stride, um, they chanted together uh, that he was a bad prisoner and a troublemaker. Oh, so, yeah. yeah yeah, prisoners and guards had rapidly adapted to their roles, stepping beyond the boundaries of what had been predicted and leading to dangerous and psychologically damaging situations. Zimbardo himself started to give in to the role of the situation. And he, I think his, like, his girlfriend and future wife, who had received a doctorate in psychology, she was like, hmm... Zimbardo, you gotta just you gotta <laughs> you gotta, uh, this thing you're doing with the, those boys. Maybe you should stop. You know, just just slow down. I think you know that whole like peeing in a bucket thing should probably uh, probably be an indicator that you should. Stop yeah, this I'm just imagining what my girlfriend would do if she found out that I had like what is twenty, what? 20 men in my basement <laughs> fighting each other with batons. It's it's yeah, and I'd probably get a talking to. I, I think so. I'd hope so. I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> she would be like, yeah, Stephen, keep keep it up. You do you. you know? <laughs> um, but at the end of the experiment, all the prisoners released, guards let go, everyone was brought back in the same room for evaluation yeah. and to be able to get their feelings towards one another um, out in the air and ethical concerns surrounding the famous study often draw comparisons to the Milgram experiment, which was one that we'll talk about in another study, but it was essentially uh, simulating Nazi uh, situations where people were forced to uh, inflict pain upon others through electrical shocks. And mm. and it's similar design, similar idea, but this, this experiment, uh, the Stanford Prison Experiment, is sort of the umbrella behind ethics in science. But Stephen, I mean... Yeah. As massive, massive study here. Like, uh, my question is, does the fifteen dollars a day mm. seem worth it to you? Yeah, for the for the guards, obviously. Oh, they, <laughs> I feel like they had had themselves time. No, actually, not 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 for them at all. They, yeah. I feel like uh, a lot of them, and I've seen some interviews and stuff where they're they're reflecting on what they did and their time there, and they're like, I can't believe I did all those things, and it, and and that's the point of the research, right? Yeah. Zimbardo's like, what situations could you manufacture to make people do things that they wouldn't? ordinarily believe they could do mm. which is incredible 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, the idea is that we now sort of better understand the way that people in um, prisons and detention centres and, and uh, wherever else people are harmed or tortured, mm. um, we understand how that they how they can uh, you know breach the moral codes of, of the world to like such crazy extents and just yeah. But what does that mean? Like, wh- what does this mean? All he did was he said, "You're a prisoner and you're a prison guard," and he assigned people, you know different roles and and so Mm. it's just are you telling are you saying that like by assigning people power power corrupts morally like i think it i think it's so much more than that Mm. though i think it's as soon as you're handed an identity you embody that and your behavior starts to reflect that right right and uh yes i mean I i feel like we did this back in high school Oh yeah, even and and kind of no, since, just since to clarify, I was aware not, of that. not the experiment. We didn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we have done. I beat Anadin with a stick every <laughs> yeah, day until he had a mental breakdown and stopped <laughs> so eating. Some it repressed memories there for yeah. your own good. No, I think so. But, <laughs> it was a it was a midnight conversation <laughs> of our own. <laughs> but yeah, no. the, the point I wanted to make is that I I'm so aware of when I'm sort of handed an identity, or when mm. somebody else yeah, when somebody else tells me that this is how I'm meant to be, this is how I'm meant to behave, this right. is who I am. And I like try and you know be mindful of my own behavior in these situations. Yeah. Even yesterday, I was having this this conversation um, with with my partner, mm. and she said, "Oh, like I, I realized recently that I am actually quite creative." I was like, "Well, how, well, how do you how do you mean? What, what are you talking about?" And she's yeah. like, "Well, well, in school, like I was, you know, I was the smarter kid. Okay. I wasn't really meant to be the creative one, and right. so I stopped pursuing that." And I was like, well, "Why? Like." Y- the, the rest of school gave you this identity as like the you were only right. meant to do maths and yeah. you neglected your creative abilities. So you're saying one example. you're saying that identity mm. in itself by assigning yourself an identity is sort of a self fulfilling prophecy. Like if you if you if mm. I said to Steven, I said, "Hey, look, you'd be a great model," and then you yeah. said, "You know what? I I could be great." I think Quite there's seriously, a, there's yeah, that, I do. There's that mixture though, right? Someone has to s- say it and allow you to do it, but also mm. you have to believe it. To an extent, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah I think so. Would, like, uh, I mean, as a kid, for instance, mm. my dad would be like, "Oh, Stephen, you don't like uh, mushrooms," because yeah. I said that one time. Yeah, you like olives instead, but your brother he likes <laughs> mushrooms and he doesn't like olives. Right. And so I was like, "Oh, I guess I guess I don't like mushrooms." Right. And I lived yeah. my whole life just every time I'd see one, I'd be like, "I don't like that. That's not part of my identity. I'm the olive guy." Uh, do you eat mushrooms? I love either? mushrooms there now. You go. I would have loved mushrooms back then. <laughs> We're but talking about proper mushrooms, right? Like, <laughs> but it, it's interesting. I mean, I think it works both ways as well. Because you know, one of the mm. best things that I love to say to students when I teach them is the coolest thing in life is that you could be the best of something that you've never tried before. Like, you could be the yeah. best chef, yeah, and you just don't know it. You haven't cooked oh. enough, you know. Like, I, I think it's it's an amazing idea. You, you you seem disgruntled by that idea. I don't know. I mean, we're entering another realm of of, of debate here. It's the same idea. These it, these these prisoners and prison guards were mm. given the permission to be the best prisoner and prison guard that they could be. Is it not the same? Right. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking like, oh, but I mean. Things take practice as well. No one's like really oh, yeah. naturally born gifted, or, or I mean, no, there might be. But. There may be some talent there, but like, no, definitely. I mean, the the point behind that is that if you tell someone to try something, you never mm. know where that could lead to. Then, if they didn't try it, 
Yes, yeah. I feel like the p- prisoners in this situation might resent you for saying <laughs> that. <laughs> like, it's, I don't want to be the best prisoner. It's true. No, no, no. It's it's true. It's true. But it's interesting from just the idea of moral and ethics and mm. Mm, what we do I, in science. Can you think of any examples of, of really terrible things you've done because somebody Ter- else had, had because told you someone, to do it? Uh, oh, there was that time I ran over an old lady. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no? No, no. I mean, you know... That I think the thing about this is it's it's that idea of peer pressure and group mentality and anonymity, right? When mm. when there's no accountability for actions, that's when there can be uh, negative consequences. So yeah, I've I've never you you just <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I didn't ask me I've got one. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've got what a story. <laughs> Stephen, Stephen, have uh, have you ever run over an old lady? <laughs> I have no. Yeah. <laughs> I just, it just as I asked that, it just occurred to me that I totally have a, a great story. Of oh this. yeah, please. It was one of one of my friends at the t- at the time in year one. So how old was I? Seven years old at the time. Is this indicative of where the story's going? Like, are you no longer <laughs> friends? <laughs> I, I haven't seen him since primary school. He changed okay. schools. Oh, interesting. Um, he was he was a bit of a trouble troublemaker mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm. kid, and, and I was like the goody two shoes of the class. And my teacher okay. was like, Stephen, you have to hang out with Jimmy over there. He really needs you know Classic a good influence. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And Jimmy's not his real name. Is yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Stephen um, says nervously. <laughs> It was like our first lunchtime hanging out and he goes, oh, Steve, you should take all of the lunch boxes out of the class 1B lunch basket yeah. and put them into the class 1D one and take all the 1D ones and just, you know, scatter them into other lunch baskets. And then at the end of lunchtime, no one will be able to find their lunch boxes. Just do it. And I was like, uh. are people going to find out? And he's like, nah, no, they're not. It's going to, it's a great idea. And I was like, you know what, Jimmy? All right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, sa- I spent my lunchtime scattering people's lunchboxes into different baskets, creating chaos at lunchtime. Wow. And we got in so much trouble for that. How did they find but you? But it was just... How, how uh, did they find out that it was you? Because it got to the end of lunch and they were just like, oh, I, I don't know, it was chaos. Who did this? I and little Steve is like, oh... Like- did you, you put your hat up? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, of course. Jimmy didn't teach you those ways. He didn't say, you don't, yeah. you don't say it was me, you know. <laughs> well, I guess at the end of the day, I still had a moral compass. I was just yeah. taking taking uh, Jimmy's authority because I, like, respected yeah. him as the cool guy. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. That's crazy. That, mm. what, what's amazing to me is that you're in year one. How old are kids in year one? Like, like seven, seven, six? Yeah, seven, seven years yeah. old. Yeah. Wow. He, he was an evil genius, that kid. Yeah. Where is he now? I no idea. No, oh, idea. see, that's yeah. the interesting thing in life, right? You yeah, wanna, you want to know where things like he could he could be just like just still doing the same thing. Like a, he's a, he's a twenty five <laughs> year old man going around in year one moving lunchboxes. lunchboxes. <laughs> you never know, could be his oh, thing. Oh, I hope not. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the things like you know, you think you know someone, and then and then they tell you that they you know <laughs> cause stress and anxiety oh, in others, dude. and then you know it's uh, you've, you've lost all respect for me. Ah, <laughs> well, you know, I'll I'll keep my lunch closer. To <laughs> yeah, <me>. yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> right. So the interesting thing that I learned mm. uh, doing a bit of reading, mm. got, uh, just beforehand, is yeah. that the uh, results of this study are in doubt. In doubt? In what way? What do you mean? In that people have accused Philip Zimbardo of uh, manipulating the subjects of the study slightly and uh, giving them, you know, orders to be a little bit more rough-handed um, than than might have originally been thought. What have you, you heard this? I Only partially, but explain it to the listeners at home. What, what do you mean by this? Well, uh, apparently some audio f- was released yep. of Zimbardo actually, yeah, giving, giving orders saying, hey, uh, you know, just for the... 
you know, for, for the results to be more accurate, we need you to like really, you know, be aggressive with the, the prisoners and, you know, right. like really, yeah, uh, become your character. And, yeah. Um, yeah, apparently that uh, a few of the actual subjects, a few of the people that were playing uh, the guards in this situation have... Uh, you know, come out and just said they, that, yeah. they were so they were they were told what to do when when it was always claimed that they weren't right? yes. they, were, they were acting naturally and uh, and and some of the people that were playing the prisoners also just claimed that they were faking it to get out of the study quickly because they had things going on and mm. and um yeah, yeah. they're like oh, i wasn't actually having a breakdown i was just acting i was having fun and you can find all this information online it, yeah I'm just googling it now yeah yeah, yeah you can yeah. see yeah yeah that there it's all it's all come under scrutiny some mm. psychologists are calling for the experiment to be removed from textbooks it says interesting so yeah so is it real is it it's subject to fraud what is this mid 2018 that this is all come Very out recently, so we yeah. we don't know whether the results are real or not hmm. so, so what do we do <laughs> what do we do usually this is the point of the show where we say what's the takeaway from the experiment but yeah. if the experiment i mean is it yeah what what is the takeaway from it i mean are there lessons in humanity to be learned from these findings or is the huma- like the lesson that people lie in experiments sometimes if if results are results are too interesting question them more I mean, this isn't the only study of people responding to authority to Which do is true. malicious yeah, things. Yeah, that's and, a great point. Um, yeah. So, the, yeah, I mean, that those findings are still valid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overall, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, also can't really trust uh, any single experiment because we just don't know uh, what, what what went on behind the scenes in, in getting that all together. So. Mm. Yeah, always be skeptical. I think Always be skeptical. But in saying that, mm-hmm. Stephen, I, what if I paid you $30 a day Yeah, and I just... Uh, Locked you downstairs. Do you think that would be okay? Uh, it's it'd be twenty twenty five dollars more than I'm already getting. Yeah, cool. So, uh, excellent, excellent. Next week we'll <laughs> recap of the results from this. But until then, if you have a have a paper that you'd like us to cover, feel free to email it through. Let us know on Twitter. We are now. Yeah. on spotify yes you know we are it's it's looking good so if you want to listen on spotify do that soundcloud the og you can do it on that yeah. um or you can uh, you know you can there's also space outside of this room if you want to like eavesdrop in you can always just like <laughs> press your ear up against the <laughs> window uh, around I mean, 5 30 say, say hi first let us know <laughs> what you're doing <laughs> that's true that's true we do this podcast uh, without clothes so it's gonna be a bit of a shock yep. but it happens, you know? Yeah, yeah. we yeah. can clear that for you. Just let yeah. us know beforehand. Yeah, exactly, just forewarning. In saying that, thank you very much. Stephen Vanos. Anadin. I'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>